Hello, Mississippi and abroad, and welcome to Justify Your Existence. I am Parrish Alford, the Ole Miss beat writer for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal, and I'm joined by Dalton Middleton, our Mississippi State writer. Lots to talk about on the program today. We'll talk some baseball, some basketball, a lot of interest in one, waning interest in the other. We try to talk about things that other people are talking about too, Dalton. And uh, one of those things is Deion Sanders at Jackson State. An, an interesting mix of emotions on Sunday, his first game as coach of the Tigers, a big win against an NAIA opponent, but also a bizarre incident in which he says a lot of his personal belongings were stolen from the locker room. Uh, that appears to have been cleared up. I've just been following it on, on Twitter We'll be joined by Noah Newman, the sports director of WJTV in Jackson, uh, in just uh, a moment or two. But uh, first, uh, Dalton, how are you, man? What's going on? Man, I'm all right. I'm, uh, I'm just happy that uh, all this, this snow and ice is gone for the most part, and I'm back to being able to uh, turn on the fans in my house without freezing me out. And I'm able to leave the, leave the apartment complex, you know? Well, now uh, – you know, I watch the weather guys when the weather gets bad. I, I watch those guys a lot. And Matt Lobhon at WTVA, he, he said, you guys were going to get it worse. Golden Triangle, Starkville, that air was going to get it worse than Tupelo. So I think you lost power just a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, I lost power. It was like three or four times. None of them um, lasted for very long. I think the longest one was probably about uh, 30 to 45 minutes or so without power. But it wasn't anything, you know, that was – you couldn't handle um, for sure. The other ones were five, 10 minutes or something, you know, less than a minute or something. It was flickering a lot, but yeah, actually lost power probably about four times. Yeah. Did, so, so do you have a big freezer where the deer sausage thaws when you don't have power? Is, is that a danger when you lose power? <laughs> if I had any deer sausage, it would. I don't know. I don't, I don't have the, uh, I don't have any of that right now, but only thing in my freezer right now is I think uh some french fries and some uh, chicken wings or something like that it's, it's it's bare right now all right a lot to be said for french fries and chicken wings man people make a lot of money with that that's uh that, that, that's good dalton i i i think i would expect to see uh french fries and chicken wings in the freezer at, at a bachelor place man so uh, <laughs> may, maybe that'll change soon Hey, folks, so. I want to thank our partners with the Oxford Park Commission. OPC is currently registering for adult flag football, ages 16 and up. Feel like a kid again in the backyard with the Oxford Sport and Social Club. This is the four-on-four flag football. Ten on the roster, team captains pick their players and uh, submit them to the Oxford Park Commission. Cost is $125 per team. The season begins on March the 1st. It's coming up quick. And runs through April the 5th. There is a week off for spring break. All games played at M-Trade Park. Visit Oxford Park Commission to register before February the 25th. So, uh, Dalton, let's talk basketball uh, a little bit. The Rebels uh, in action tonight against uh, Missouri, number 20 Missouri. They were number 10 Missouri when Ole Miss uh, spanked them pretty good, 80-59 to 59, two weeks ago. And it's just... Uh, it's crazy what one game can do uh, to the confidence of a team. And we'll see what it does to confidence tonight at eight. Uh, but just the, the buzz, there was so much buzz around Ole Miss basketball, four straight wins, having played their way back into the NCAA tournament conversation, uh, then just really, really dominated, dominated in the paint uh, by Mississippi State on Saturday. 
Uh, it was only a 10-point game, but it just felt like it should have been more because the Rebels right. just really couldn't get off a shot in the paint. Uh, Devontae Shuler won for 15. He got off shots, but every one was contested. Every one was hard and uh, just did not have the impact uh, Shuler didn't that he did when the Rebels won 64-46 to uh, in Oxford, excuse me, in Starkville on January 19th. So we'll see if Ole Miss can bounce back. When does State play? What do you think uh, the win in Oxford does for that team? I mean, not that it's going to put them in the NCAA conversation. I mean, they had lost, I think, six of eight going into that game. Right. But just uh, emotionally, uh, what does that win mean? Um, well, State's going to play on Wednesday this week. Uh, they play they play South Carolina at home. They beat South Carolina by 15 or so, 16 uh, a few weeks ago, um, kind of like Ole Miss did with Missouri. And, you, you know, you're talking about Ole Miss was, um, you know, had a little hype going and won, you know, four in a row or five in a row, however much it was. And, you know, um, State, it just seems like they win a game and – you know, you would think, oh, they got some momentum now. You know, they might they might win a few in a row, and that's very possible. But, you know, they beat Ole Miss, which is a good team. You know, and then all of a sudden they play South Carolina. It's very possible the state just goes up there and scores 40 points and gets beat 60 to 40. Um, it's just this team is just so inconsistent. Um, so I don't know if, if the win will do anything for the team, you know, especially since you mentioned, you know, there's no chance of um, NCAA tournament with this, with this team. So – it kind of seemed like, uh, you know, a few games ago, weeks um, last week. And so, you, you know, we talked about it. I said I thought this team had given up. Then they go on the road. You know, they beat Ole Miss. That's a good win for them this year. And now it's, uh, you know, they, they played a little harder. They got into the paint. Tolu Smith had a big game that game. And it's just like, did they quite give up? Or, you know, what's going to happen with South Carolina? If You know, if they come out and go down, you know, Eight nothing or ten two or something in South Carolina. It's very possible this team does give up like they have early in a few games this year. So I'm not real sure what the momentum does for them. Um, they're better than South Carolina, so they should win. And you know, should be two in a row, help them get out of that bottom four. Um, I think they might be one game out of it right now or around that. Um, but you know, they're going to need another win or two to end this into the season. I think they have three or four games left. They're going to have to get two, probably two more wins, maybe three, to get out of that little bottom spot and get the. Um, so they're not playing on day one of the NCAA tournament, but yeah, I don't know if I don't know if the win does anything because this team has not carried momentum well this year. You know, they beat Iowa State earlier in the year by forty six points, and they come out in the next game and lost by twenty five. So I don't really know. Well, it's interesting, and I know they have South Carolina coming up, Dawson. If you're not a great offensive team, and State has been inconsistent uh, so far on offense, South Carolina can make you look bad because of the pressure that they play. I know that State won that game convincingly uh, in Columbia, but just the style that South Carolina plays and kind of the defense. I mean, that was a game that Ole Miss won in Columbia, but but really had trouble closing out. So we'll see what the Bulldogs get done. Noah Newman is with us. Noah, clicking in. Noah, can you hear me? Are you there? I've got you, Paris. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Man, we're glad to have you on, Noah. Just lots of news uh, uh, coming out of Jackson over the weekend. I want, want to talk to you about uh, Dion in just a little bit, but uh, you know we're uh, talking some Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State right now. The Rebels got another uh, number one baseball ranking today when D1Baseball.com updated its preseason top 25, so they are number one in, in that poll as well. I was kind of, you know, so many baseball polls. I really wanted to see kind of a, a unification of the title, you know, like WWF or, you know, 
that, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and they got that with uh, D1 Baseball, which is the poll that we reference at the journal. They did not, uh, you know, they're number four in collegiate baseball. And I think that's like half the polls that are out there. What do you see uh, in this Ole Miss baseball team right now? What, uh, what, what What's your take on, on their weekend in Arlington? Well, I think it was an unbelievable weekend. But, yeah, I, I agree with your point about the polls. It's, it's so confusing, these rankings, because – you'll watch the game and they'll have one ranking next to their name. And then you'll look at the box score and they have a different ranking next to their name. And then, you know, there's just so many rankings out there, but I think you can't argue that they are the number one team in the country right now, 19 straight wins. I mean, what they did in Texas, they just took on three of the best teams in the country and really dominated two of the three games. When you destroy a team like, you know, Texas eight to one, I'm very impressed. I think one of the bigger questions coming in, was how do you replace Anthony Servideo at short? Well, you've got an answer. His name is Jacob Gonzalez. Uh, unbelievable. He looks like Omar Vizquel out there sometimes with the glove. He is tremendous. Though, and the pitching, too, what Derek Diamond was able to do yesterday, I, I'm blown away. I mean, they, they look like the team to beat right now. Yeah, it really uh, – I, I thought uh, Gonzalez was impressive over the weekend. Uh, Mike Bianco was really high on him in the preseason. I mean, early on, talking to Mike, he had that kid penciled in as the starter uh, at shortstop. Bullpen, uh, really, really impressive. 14 innings over the weekend and only one run allowed. Uh, that was uh, that was that was impressive. Uh, so anyway, good good start for the Rebels. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Go ahead, Dalton. No, I was just going to say, and for Mississippi State, you know, the bullpen also pitched a lot this weekend. You know, they went two out of three. They go down there um, without Eric Sarantola, without Will Bedner. You know, two of their top three pitchers went two out of three. What did you kind of see from them this weekend? I agree with you there. I was actually just going to say that, too. The bullpen, especially in that first game, uh, what Landon Sims did when he came in and struck out the side, but the bases loaded and nobody out. I forget how many strikeouts he had. I think maybe 10 strikeouts. He had 10 and like, in four innings is what it was. Just unbelievable to take two of three uh, without two of your top three starters. Luke Hancock was, of course, he had a big weekend at the plate. And boy, I was impressed by them as well. I mean, it, you can make the argument that Mississippi State's a top three team now. I saw they were number five in the D1 poll, but to have the two of the top five teams right here in this state, it's going to be a fun season. I think so, too. And I think the number five ranking is, pre is pretty uh, – you know, you could argue that they're the top three team, but I think the five ranking is deserved. You know, they lost a game. True. Um, and you think who's the top five? Ole Miss, Vandy, Arkansas, um, Miami maybe? Uh, I think, I I don't think I had, yeah. But uh, those teams are, you know, undefeated, so they would deserve it a little more, I feel like. But – I thought, it was, I thought it was a good weekend for both squads over there. They both, uh, you know, showed what they're made of and showed it's going to be a fun year for baseball in the Magnolia State. You know, I know that you're in the same position as us in terms of trying to make uh, uh, fan bases happy. Uh, now we, we mostly have two. We, we don't cover Southern Miss as much. Uh, I know you throw them into the mix and then Jackson State as well. What, what fan base chirps at you the most? Oh, that's a tough question. Uh, I'd say we, we probably have an, an equal amount of chirping from all. I mean, it's kind of tough to spread the love. I was I made the trip out to the Southern Miss game yesterday just because it was, it was such a nice day. The game was at noon. Our newscast is until 6. So I did the math. It's about an hour and a half drive. I said, I have to watch this baseball game after being inside in the ice storm for a week. So And, you know, Southern Miss, they, they have a really good team this year. They just took two or three from a what I'm told is a really – solid Northwestern State team. So it is tough to kind of 
spread the love in terms of coverage because don't forget we also have the SWAC schools mm-hmm. right in our backyard. Jackson State has a really good baseball team. You have Alcorn State. Even Mississippi Valley is technically in our coverage area. And, so, and then you have the smaller schools like Mississippi College, Millsaps, Bellhaven. So this has to be one of the most challenging TV markets in the country. So I'd say equal amount of chirping. We try to do our best. Like last night I had Ole Miss highlights. I had Mississippi State highlights. And I had Southern Miss highlights. So I try to get all three in there. Well, it, it's better to uh, to be active than to not have anything to cover. And certainly uh, the shutdown a year ago uh, at the beginning of the pandemic uh, was a, a big reminder of that, uh, how much more I prefer it when, when the game's being played. Hey, let's talk about uh, Deion Sanders a little bit. Uh, for starters, and we'll, we'll come back to uh, his comments after the game and, and uh, some things uh, allegedly being stolen, now they've been returned, uh, that sort of thing. What, uh, what was your takeaway from uh, JSU on the field? I, I know they were set up for success against an NAIA opponent. Uh, I think I saw 53 to nothing was the final. Uh, just, uh, you know, what, what, did you, what did you think of uh, the first game with uh, Deion Sanders as coach? Yeah, I thought they played well. 53 nothing. that was the final. That was actually their first shutout since 2014. But like you said, when you consider the opponent, you expect that result. It was, it was kind of when you watch the game, you look up at the scoreboard, and, and it was a little surprising to see they had 53 points because it was just a methodical kind of ground and pound, five, seven yards per play, not, not throw the ball down the field a lot kind of game. But when you think of the fact that, number one, they didn't have a ton of time to prepare in the spring, Number two, they, they said they only were able to get on the field once the week before because of the ice storm in Jackson. So didn't have a lot of time to prepare. And, you know, when you think of Deion Sanders, you think flashy, you know, prime time. They didn't play that way. They looked flashy, but they played ground and pound, pretty conservative, just methodical marching down the field. There was there was one point in the first half where had a fourth and maybe fourth and goal from the six, maybe a situation where Lane Kiffin probably would have gone for it, right? Deion Sanders said, no, we're, we're taking the points and kicking it. So they played they played a really disciplined, balanced game, and I thought it was a, a solid debut. Now they now they get into SWAC play. I think that's when they're going to start seeing some real competition. They face Valley on uh, Saturday, and Valley will be a step – not one of the better teams in the SWAC this year, but they're a step up from Edward Waters. So I'm interested to see how they fare against them. Now, I, 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 I followed, go ahead, Dalton, jump in. I was just going to say, how many weeks of practice did they get this spring? Because it just seems like you blink and all of a sudden they're they're on opening, you know, weekend. And I, I saw that on Twitter. I didn't expect them to be starting already. And, you know, because it just seems like the uh, the spring semester started probably, what, three or four weeks ago. Yeah, they did not have a lot of time. I, I want to say maybe four weeks max. But then they also had to pause for a week because of COVID. Then you had the ice yeah, then you had the ice storm. So uh, if you do the math, I mean, they couldn't have had much more than two weeks to prepare in those. And those that first week they were in, where they reported to campus, was pretty much all conditioning. And uh, they only scrimmaged twice, by my count, at least two open scrimmages. So not a ton of time to prepare. So I get, you know, when you consider that, fifty-three nothing. Even though it is Edward Waters, I think Deion Sanders would say he would take that. So not a lot of time to prepare. And I'm told. That Valley, the team they're playing Saturday, I'm told they actually really started to get into football stuff just a week ago. So they've had like no time either. It's going to be a weird season. Yeah, it's it's been a weird year. Um, no, I know. I, I just followed the uh, the 
the crime allegations and, and having look his truck's already been broken into since he's been here he's gonna have to change his his name from prime time to, to uh crime on prime or, or something <laughs> something like that but um the allegations were that uh many personal belongings were stolen after the game uh they have since been replaced and just at least following along on twitter there have been uh different takes on what happened uh what what uh what is your take? What what did you see with uh, with those allegations? Were, were you at the uh, press conference after the game? Yes, I was actually. I'll walk you through kind of how it unfolded. So Jackson State wins the game. DM gets a Gatorade bath. It's just celebratory mood on the field. Everyone's happy. Uh, we're in the press conference room. Just wrapped up two really good interviews with uh, Keontae Hampton and Dalen Baldwin, two veterans on the team. They were all smiles, happy to have played their first game in, what, 15 months or something. And so, you know, it's a celebratory mood. Everyone's thinking, oh, Deion's going to be really happy. Well, he walks in and he says, this is the best – He's something along the lines of, this is going to be the best press conference you've ever heard or something like that. And he sits down and, and, he, and he says – you can kind of tell it looked like he had tears in his eyes. And he said that uh, all of his personal items have been stolen, credit card, wallet, and – you could just feel the energy in the room just completely shifted. It was stunning. I've never seen a press conference like it. At one point, slammed his hands on the table and screamed, how? You know, how could security let someone steal my things? And so that was just a complete 180 from just the entire mood um, of the press conference. And that was stunning. And so then it was kind of an awkward transition where we're asking questions about the game and everyone's really thinking, oh, my goodness, he just had his, his things stolen. So then we get to the field. We're getting ready to do our live shots, uh, me and some other local TV reporters in the market. And uh, two school officials come up to us, and the school officials tell us Dion's items have all been found and located in the locker in office. That's what they told us. And so, you know, I, I, I tweeted out uh, Deion Sanders' items have been found, according to the school official. And, and then we get, a, we get a message from another school official saying that, yes, his items have been found. They were misplaced. Direct quote, misplaced, not stolen. Uh, no police report will be filed. So we're thinking, this is strange. And then Deion Sanders, you guys saw the tweets on Twitter, comes out and says, whoever whoever told you guys that my items were misplaced is a lie. They were stolen. He says that his assistant thwarted the robbery, caught the robber in progress, and was able to stop it from happening. So it, you know, it's 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 a bizarre situation. But and then the athletic director Ashley Robinson released a statement saying his items were taken. They believe it's an isolated incident, but they're going to review security protocols. So I guess that's the final say right now. Now Deion Sanders does have a press conference today. I don't know if he's going to make a statement about it or what kind of questions will be asked about it. Maybe we'll find out more today, or maybe this is just going to be a you know, a bizarre, unfortunate situation that we, that's just the way it ends. I, I've never seen anything like it. And I've seen a lot of people talking about it. It may be a PR stunt, but uh, as somebody who grew up in the Jackson area, you know, I'm not going to lie. I 100% believe him. You know, I have a buddy that, uh, that got his uh, truck stolen from him, you know, just three, four weeks ago. So it's, it's just like, I know that it happens there and that's the second time it's happened to be on. And uh, I don't think you, uh, someone as big as Deion Sanders just comes in there and makes up a story about his stuff being stolen for PR. Um, 
it's, it's just it was just so weird to, to follow along like you just mentioned all the different steps of it where you know it was misplaced as they said you know in quotes um that's just that's just them trying to cover themselves you know how how if it, if it was just you know if it was taken and then it was found you know how was somebody getting in his office or wherever it was i think he said it was in a zip ziploc bag somewhere in his, in his office but um you know how somebody like he said how how is somebody getting in there anyway you know that that's that's prime time you know his office should be completely locked to everyone but him i would feel like yeah it's um and and you could tell the emotions when he had tears in his eyes in the press conference you know, yeah, I, I, it's hard to – I believe him. I mean, I think something happened. I think his stuff was taken. Luckily, they were able to find all the items and return it to him. But it's just it, – it's unfortunate, too, because you want to be talking about the, the first game. You want to be talking about Troy Aikman being there. You want to be talking about just the beginning of a new exciting era for the for Jackson State football, and this is what everyone's talking about. It It was crazy. It was unfortunate. Yeah, it, it's it's funny to me because I saw something on Twitter, and it was um... – you know, Jackson, Jackson State gets Deion Sanders, and now, you know, within the first few months, he's been stolen from twice. And are you trying to run him off? I mean, he's probably the one of the best things that's ever happened to Jackson State up to this point. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, that's, it's, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate. Hope, hopefully this is the last time it happens. But, but like you said, I mean, you're from Jackson. You know, you know the city better than I do. It's, there's, there's some crime in the city, so you can For believe sure. it. Well, I, I wanted to ask you about that. No, I've, of course, we, we've read about the crime in Jackson, but I don't get the sense that crime in Jackson is different than crime in Dallas or Birmingham or, or other big cities uh, in a state. I, I don't I don't get the sense that it's that different. And I see Dion talking about consistently talking about uh, wanting to make everybody better. Uh, wanting to make everything better, not only for players on the team, not only for the coaches, but uh, students, faculty, uh, citizens in the city, everything. Um, how is that message being received in Jackson? Is Do people believe that, that they need Dion to come in and, and kind of lift the city in that way? Or does, uh, does this incident, uh, things being stolen and, and, uh, and the confusion on social media, does does this reflect poorly on the city? Yeah, that's a good question. It's, it's definitely um, not the best look for something like this to happen. But I think uh, going back to his introductory press conference, he talked about wanting to lift the city up, make a change in the city, and and then just within at the school also just have an impact on everything in the school, from education to all the other programs, whether it's basketball, track, baseball. You know, he wants to have an impact on not just football, everything. So I think that that was one of his bigger picture kind of goals when he took this job at Jackson State. He knew he could have an impact here. And I think the community feels that, too. Um, you know, he's been out in the community. You see him posting pictures, going to local restaurants. He he went over to someone's house. He, he sent out a message saying, hey, I want to eat dinner at someone's house in Jackson. It's a random person. And everyone replied and said, hey, come eat at my house. I'll make you this, 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 this. He did that. He went to someone's house and a meal with them. So it's not just all talk. He really is getting out in the community and interacting with people and meeting people and trying to just, you know, get that dark cloud that maybe sometimes hangs over the city, try to bring the sun out. And he, he has been a, a ray of sunshine, at least from my perspective. I don't think he really has lifted the spirits of a lot of people in, in Jackson so far. Well, that's good. I mean, I, I've uh, I've heard the stories, and uh, you know, I, 
I guess I need to get on his Instagram account and look at some of this. I hear it's pretty active. And, and uh, someone told me a story the other day of uh, he ended up at a fire station in Jackson and, and, uh, and, and had a meal there with, uh, with some of those guys. And, and so it, it's great to see uh, uh, coaches with the profile, certainly with the profile that he has, uh, interact in the community. And that, that does you know, put action behind the words. Uh, I just, you know, I thought my first thought was, was what you guys touched on crime in Jackson, crime in Jackson. I think there is crime in, uh, you know, big cities have crime and, and, uh, and they deal with it in different ways. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a part of, of, uh, of where we are in, in 2021. But I just wonder if, you know, the, the message, the message of continually needing to be lifted, uh, you know, if, if that was draining, if, if that was uh, something that uh, uh, that people were tired of. But it, it is good to uh, to see him interact with the community in this way. And, and, and look, uh, I don't know what happened with uh, the belongings being stolen or taken or misplaced or, or whatever it was. Uh, but for them to be found so quickly and returned so quickly, it uh, it just sounds like something that uh, was very random, and and maybe uh, maybe they can uh, move on from this pretty quickly. Yeah, hopefully they can. And and actually going back to the uh, the uh, fire department story, this was another very interesting story last week. So so he, again, I, I I don't have an Instagram account either, so I miss out on a lot of this stuff. I should probably get one, being in this field, but I, I just never got into it. Um, but he put out a video. You know, because a lot of the restaurants were closed because of the storm. He, uh, he likes to go to Waffle House. He told me that in an interview once. He loves getting his Waffle House. I think they were maybe one of the only ones open. But anyways, he was he was hungry. He wanted food. So he put out a video saying, is there anyone open? I'm starving. And actually, members of the Jackson Fire Department cooked him and his staff a meal and and fed him and gave him food. So, so there you go. In the middle of an ice storm, the fire department coming to Deion Sanders' restaurant. I'll tell you what, that's a, that, that's a good story. And I uh, hope these, I like to see these guys uh, have some success and, and, and continue winning uh, in this, uh, in this really bizarre spring season of, of football. But uh, it's just uh, interesting to see uh, uh, the impact that he's making. And certainly, certainly the headlines and, and you, you touched on the press conference. No, I'm surprised that you guys were able to be there for, for us in, in the SEC. Everything has been on zoom. It just, you know, must be kind of nice to go to a live press conference these days. Yeah, I said right before it, I, I turned to someone and I said, I think this is a, the first live in-person post-game press conference I've covered in since the Music City Bowl, I think, with Mississippi State and Louisville. That's crazy. It's been that long ago. Actually, it was originally supposed to be Zoom, but we're told that Deion Sanders wanted to speak to the media face-to-face. He, wants, he loves people. He wants to be around yeah. people. So that was a Dion call. He wants it to be in person. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. I, 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 that would, <laughs> that would be a decision made at the conference level, uh, you know, in the SEC, you know, so uh, there, anyway, uh, folks, that'll wrap us up for this edition of Justify Your Existence. We thank you for clicking in with us and for uh, uh, the time of uh, Noah Newman, our guest. Uh, be sure to check us out, folks, at djournal.com. You can click that drop-down menu on the left, scroll down to the Ole Miss and Mississippi State pages, and watch the stories flow. We're on Facebook as well, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford, Mississippi State Discussion 
with Dalton Middleton. Thanks for being with us, folks. Come back and join us tomorrow.